Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of B-Roll Podcast. I am one of the sci-fi wise guys. My name is Chris, or Christopher. I won't answer to either. And I'm Anthony, your other sci-fi wise guy. We're your hosts for today. Uh, B-Roll is a podcast in which we watch independent sci-fi slash fantasy films, uh, and then we review them and make a bunch of jokes. Let's get started. What movie did we watch? Uh, um, I'm not sure how to pronounce the name. Uh, mm. It's is it three zero two two or three thousand twenty two? Well, I think he says in he it. He does say he does day thirty twenty two. I think yes. he says that yes. out loud. So. And I guess this would be a good speaking of spoilers. This is we're not we're not avoiding anything. For anything yeah i mean if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't seen the movie good obvi <laughs> <laughs> don't watch don't. it no uh, <laughs> what did you think of this movie man i thought that just initially man this is bad <laughs> and as it went on i it kept trying to do things and my reaction to 90 percent of those things is man this is this is bad inconsistent full of weird plot devices characters that are incredibly unlikable and uh and overall and this will this was just won't you won't know this because this is our first episode but i uh i usually don't care about the science part behind science fiction i'm like if it's fun and it's internally consistent then i'm i'm cool with it but man is there just a ton of bad science in this movie <laughs> it's so bad I don't think I can give any more, any more, go into more detail without going down several rabbit holes. What did you All think, right. Chris? Yeah, man, I have I have like a real mixed opinion about this movie. I like I liked parts, if that makes any sense at all. Like overall as a whole, I don't think the movie was very good. And I'm not out here trying to shit on someone else's art, but that's my job. <laughs> there were there were definitely a lot of positives in this movie that had nothing to do with the overall story and i'll get to that eventually but i think this movie tries to do a lot of things and spectacularly fails at a lot of them i mean i'll never watch it again but (laughs) i thought it was okay like you know what i mean like eh. yeah like that happened Eh. cool (laughs) like that was what it was one hour and 31 minutes thanks so (laughs) Essentially, uh, this movie, 3022, 3022, 3022, whatever we're going to call it. Do you want to just read the blurb? Yes. Allow me to read the one-sentence description. A group of astronauts living in the haunting emptiness of deep space awake to find Earth has suffered an extinction-level event. Ooh. Spoiler alert, that's not accurate at all. Uh, it's, well, it's it's a little accurate, and and that it actually yeah. points to, I think the 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 biggest, I don't know, problem, issue, what have you, with this movie. The thing that makes me want to forgive it a little bit, is that it feels like a movie that was written and rewritten by different people, over a long period of time, or a oh. couple of different scripts that were thrown together, into a hodgepodge movie that doesn't really know what it is. Okay. There's there's Anthony getting deep part one. <laughs> well, let's see. Uh, so this movie was directed by a gentleman named John Suits, who does not appear to have any sort of link on IMDb. So I have no idea who John Suits is. I've never heard of him. He made Cheap Thrills, Breathing Room, Pandemic, and Extracted. Okay, when I say he made them, he was the producer yeah, on producer a lot of these. For... But he di- for directing. He directed this one. Mm-hmm. He directed Pandemic. Oh, okay. Twenty sixteen. Scroll down a little bit. Yeah. Okay. He so, also directed uh, um, the NBA Chinese New Year, so special video <laughs> short, which is definitely a highlight in this list. <laughs> so, so full of things that I've never seen. Yeah, I guess this guy makes B movies, but they're not like B movies. I don't know. <laughs> I, I know they're they're like uh, they're like uh, B plus. <laughs> uh a minus a minus <laughs> and it was it's written by ryan bianco or by Bonaco. B- 
Spinaco. I don't, I, I can't pronounce it, but uh, it doesn't appear to have any other writing credits. But I mean, we're, I'm just looking at Wikipedia. I it also like. looks so like he, might... he also wrote Pandemic, so it's not his first time working with Mr. Suits. Maybe yeah. that's their maybe that's their thing. I mean, you might be right. This movie may have been passed around, possibly bought Hollywood, a script a or times. not. Yeah, yeah. Well, it definitely feels like a plot that deserves more than six seven characters especially with well we can we can we can work our way through the plot here in a moment but just quick, especially just with some of the relationships that they uh they try to push on you between the uh the different yeah. characters yeah well i guess we should just go ahead and start off from the beginning yeah so in this movie it was released irl in 2019 november 22nd 2019 essentially in the future in the year 2190 for whatever reason, we've decided as a species that we are going to go off planet. And the very first place that we've decided to start a colony is Europa, which is a moon of Jupiter. Yeah. Now, I don't know anything about um, ast- astronomy. I was about to say astrology, but astronomy. Same. Um, I-, I don't know anything about Jupiter's moons, but I do know that Jupiter is really, really far away from Earth. So there's oh, that. in the in the grand scheme of things, it's like right there. But you're you're not wrong. It is a little um, far away, I mean, um, especially I mean, with yeah. you know Mars right there. Yeah, like right, it's like right there. Well, do you think they didn't do Mars because of the Martian, like the movie The Martian? Like they were just trying to stay away from it. No, yeah, I, feel I think like... that they. I think this was actually an attempt at decent science with. We don't need a space station. Well, we don't. We don't need a space station in between us and Europa. We don't need a space station in between us and a colony on Mars. We would just go straight there, right? That wouldn't make much sense. Sure. But they wanted they wanted goals for the for the characters to get somewhere else for them to go besides Earth, and so they picked something further out. And Europa is um, a decent choice. But it well, just shows I, that the I, whole I, premise of the movie is already starting to break down. I do know that Europa is one of the places where where NASA and the science community believes there is water underneath the surface. Yes. So it is the subject of a lot of science fiction. Some, most of it, better than this. So fair enough. We get a nice little montage of what's going to be our crew of the of the space station. So apparently, Pangea is a space station that is going to be halfway between Earth and Europa. And what they do is they man it for 10 years. Mm-hmm. So they arrive. Well, before they arrive, we get a nice little montage of them with their families. And then they arrive on the space station. And then we get another montage. There's lots of montages in this movie of everyone on board. You know, it's the initial camaraderie. And then over time, they eventually start separating. They get become more isolated. I mean, you're in space. I've never been in space, but... I can only imagine if I if I lived in space in a place probably slightly bigger than my home with four other people I'd probably get go crazy. Yeah. So three other people. So this crew, did you recognize anyone from this besides our boy Omar Epps? Yeah, it had our Carly in it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> was it Miranda Cosgrove? I, yes. And I I will I will admit that I recognized her and was like hmm. She looks familiar, and I googled it. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I only know who she was because my wife was like, "Oh, that's like Carly," and I was like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> and then we have another lady in here, Kate Walsh, who I don't recognize her from anything. Like, I don't know who she is. I don't. She's been mostly she's... television. Yeah, she's I been don't... a lot of stuff. Yeah. And then your my boy Angus McFadden, the most Scottish name I think I've ever read. Or said out loud. It's solidly Scottish, yeah. He was Robert the Bruce. I don't know if you remember the movie Braveheart, but he's I've, the king, I've, Robert the Bruce in it. I might have heard of that. <laughs> yeah, Homeboy was the king of Scotland. So yeah, that we get our little crew, and then as it turns out that... We haven't named Omar Epps yet. I said Omar Did we Epps say that? Loud, didn't I? I, d- I didn't hear it, oh. but I'm not listening. I might have said it. Yeah. Omar Epps, formerly the coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers... Uh, is Captain John Lane. He's the captain of our space station. And he appear, appears, not a pair, you can't appear. John appears to have a romantic relationship with Kate Walsh, who is Jackie in this movie. Bad idea. Very, with coworkers. It's very uh, professional. 
<laughs> not only is it this very professional. This guy's not a good captain. No, he's a horrible captain. <laughs> not only, not only is it unprofessional, but like they, it, it's implied later in the movie that they met like during training when they were becoming astronauts and have been dating since then. Fair enough. Which yeah, like which leads to me. That's the that was my first clue, or maybe I'm making up a conspiracy, that the whether or not this script passed around, but the first version of the script I think dealt with a family in space. If you look at the characters, mm. you have the captain and his girlfriend, wife, what have you. I don't think they ever establish a hundred percent there. You have the young crew member who everyone's a little pr- protective of, so that's your kid, and then you have M- Mr. McFadden here with uh, kind of playing the father role and keeping everyone in line and giving advice and whatnot. It's very much it, it's like they started with Swiss Family Robinson in space and then we ended up here. Uh, we're lost, lost in, in space? space Is maybe. that what you were? Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> um, maybe. Maybe. You might be yeah. right. I'm not I'm not right yes. but I'm, I might not be wrong. Fair enough. Richard, who's the doctor who is Angus McFadden up, he does psych evaluations which is I'm sure normal in any sort of military or civilian operation in which you have a captain, you must have a doctor involved. I'll accept that premise. (laughs) Look, man, I've seen every episode of Star Trek Next Generation. I know what I'm talking about. There's a doctor or two there, yes. (laughs) So we're at five years, and then all of a sudden we get something that says year unknown, and the space station appears to be very damaged. Everything's in ruins, and... um, Omar Epps is all of a sudden very old and we get our this is our first flash forward which is one of many and then it flashes back very quickly and um all of a sudden he wakes up and like grabs Jackie uh, Jackie's hair <laughs> like like he's not moving he just sits up all of a sudden and begins to assault her like mm-hmm. is this what it's determined that he's having night tears is this what night tears actually are I don't know I have no idea yeah. I have heard of other stories of people becoming violent in their sleep. It's something I've at least heard of before. Whether or not this is a good representation of that, I'm, I'm want to say no because of everything else that's a poor representation. Uh, but maybe. Hmm. So essentially, during this time, Richard the Doctor is interviewing John the Captain. Uh, I'm gonna start calling him Captain John, and then he recommends that they cancel the mission because everyone's on the ragged edge. They appear to be suffering from some mental instability. And then the event happens. And you can't see me do it, but I'm holding up quotation marks when I say the word event. Because there's some sort of impact on the station. Richard freaks out. He's just staring at a white flash. And then this scene ends. And then John wakes up finding Jackie alone in a dining area. And then, like, Lisa's injured. And uh, Richard's not doing anything. So this is the extinction-level event that happens in the blurb. What did you think about this? It was very unclear what was happening. This movie is very unclear about a lot of things. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. But he sees a white (laughs) flash in the distance because he's peeking out a window, which sounds like a very smart thing to have in your space station. Peeking out a small window and sees a white flash in the distance. And it took me another 20, 30 minutes of the movie to figure out, oh, he saw Earth. It might not have been that long, but he saw Earth explode or whatever it was. The fact that he knew what direction Earth was when everything in space is rotating and moving is pretty impressive. That was pretty, that's pretty good. Also, not to mention the science behind they're close enough to the Earth to see it explode, but they're supposed to be on our way to Jupiter. Well, no, they're not going anywhere. No, they're they're on they're our on, way. Sorry, they're, they're our pit stop on our way to Jupiter. Yeah, yeah. They shouldn't have been able to, but okay. Also, where is the sun? <laughs> did you notice at any point the sun, the sun was sun nowhere was... to be no, found? No, though I did not actually. <laughs> mm. that's, Thank you that's for pointing you out that additional that... piece of information that really brings it all together. When you were saying that the window isn't very safe, like yeah, because you could just you know be walking by, you're on your way to medical, you know. Yeah, one of, check the, in with the, one of the four rooms on the space station, yeah. And then you look out the window for a second, and your corneas have been burned out because you <laughs> stared at the sun like an idiot. Never address it. Yeah, no, I've, I, did not, uh, I did not notice the sun was missing from every shot of space. <laughs> Which really just makes me disappointed in myself. <laughs> not as much as I'm disappointed in this movie, mind you, but... Um. <laughs> So apparently Lisa is injured. Yes. 
Nasty head injury. And, uh, yes. And then a bunch of shit's broken on the station. Jackie's the engineer. We find out that Jackie's the engineer at this point. They try to find Richard. He's looking at what appears to be a picture of Earth, like on some sort of screen, damaged. Was, uh, was it immediately just, clear to you that that was a picture of Earth? I mean, I, I assumed. Yeah. You make the assumption. Auto, like, I... I assumed immediately that was Earth only based on their reaction because had it been like Mars or like some other planet, mm-hmm. uh, they, I mean, they'd be freaking out, but I mean, they wouldn't be in right. Right. the state that they're in, I guess. We get another jump in time. John is very old and he's scanning stuff. And then all of a sudden it says, you know, mm-hmm. unknown object and it's a comet. And then he gets mad and starts smacking his hammer on the ground. And then we flash back to pre- present time. Year five? I don't know. <laughs> and now they haven't contacted Earth for 62 hours. Or they haven't contacted anybody in 62 hours, not just Earth. Mm-hmm. So then... It's an interesting number of hours. Well, I mean... It's a couple of days, right? Or almost three. It's just... Well, I mean, I also assume that transmissions from mm-hmm. them to planet Earth take some time to arrive. You would think. So, yes. you know, speaking of that movie that we were just talking about, The Martian, what is it like? It's, it's a 12-hour delay? Something along those lines, right? yeah. So they're further out. Um, There's going to be a delay, not to mention yeah, I that there's a, a space station keeping stationary and Earth, you know, moves. Right. Yeah. So I mean, half the half of the I guess a year wouldn't the Earth be behind the sun? I, don't know. I mean, I guess it would be in some sort of orbit. So I'm probably thinking about that too much. Let me pull up some space stuff. Okay. So. Between Earth and Jupiter, the closest point is 365 million miles. Jupiter also takes 11.86 years to complete one orbit of the sun. Earth only takes one year. We determine how long years are. We do. We measure the universe, (laughs) not the other way around. (laughs) Yeah, right. So uh, Mars is 103.55 million miles. So two-fifths of the way Mm -hmm. between the two. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I don't know how long it takes, <laughs> but the halfway point is farther away from where the Martian takes place. Yeah. So who knows how long it but actually They also have take. a scanner on board that can get them a scan of Earth detailed enough to tell that it's been chunked in a couple of pieces. Sure. So, um, I mean, communication that's faster than the speed of light is completely... <laughs> yeah, well, also, we also... It's also a very long... common sci-fi... Just, yeah, we can talk over long distances. It's fine. Whatever. Well, we also don't know how long John was on, because he goes unconscious and then wakes up later to find the station in the state that it's in. So we don't know how long he was unconscious. We don't know how long it took the the telemetry to return. Mm. Again, plot hole. Okay. You can't (laughs) have, we're not, I don't know. I'm not, I'm still not convinced there's holes. (laughs) Because I think you, you got to have a plot first. So let's just keep walking through it. (laughs) So yes, um, so we've we've had our, we've had two flash forwards to some unknown future with Omar with some gray hair. Now we're flashed back. Lisa has been been injured. She's unconscious in in the medical bay, and the the the, the doctor doesn't want to operate. He's in shock of some sort. Can we can we take a moment before we move on with the plot to talk about how they're smoking cigarettes in space? Yeah, the the they have don't <laughs> don't you have like a limited <laughs> amount of oxygen? Well, they, I'm sorry. They do talk about how they have two things that scrub the oxygen so they can essentially have an, an, an unlimited supply. But I feel like burning sure. parts of that supply, even just minorly with a cigarette, especially as much as they smoke in that movie, seems unsafe. Also, like, isn't NASA super anti-fire in space? Well, yeah. <laughs> Fire in space is, especially if you have higher levels of oxygen, which is, yeah. you know, fire fuel. And, yeah. But they smoke quite a bit. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Again, like I'm I, uh, at this point, I'm I'm not used to seeing smoking in movies in general. It's been coming less and less and less, good. especially not yeah, in science like fiction. So, unless it's like a period piece. Yeah, yeah, right. Something. Well, I guess this is a period piece. <laughs> it's just a future period. <laughs> so John asks Richard. He said, did, "Did you see what happened to Earth?" And he says, "He just can't explain anything." But then we get a shot of what appears to be a planetoid broken up. And we get our first shot of the sun. Mm. Great. <laughs> and Fantastic. then uh, iCarly wakes up. And Richard's like, hey, 
you know, you got some pressure on your brain. I'm going to perform a surgery so I can relieve the pressure. And then she dies. <laughs> she seizes. So, yeah. Dies. Uh, well, he sees, like, blood on her, like, coming out of her nose. And then all of a sudden it's coming out of her ears. And then all of a sudden she's dead. Yeah. Yeah. They also, you, you skipped where they deliberate over whether or not to tell her what's happened oh, to the I earth. Did. Prior to doing just doing the life-saving surgery. Yeah. So really, and I think it kind of highlights not only the character's inability to have any sort of action to make decisions, but also the filmmaker's inability to kind of have any sort of action or forward momentum. Well, it's thematic. I mean, it fits the theme. It, We're going to sit around and moral, do nothing. It's a moral dilemma, right? Mm, like, Not really. You come to... The, he has a... He no, has a he's... he's he is supposedly, unless the, the Hippocratic Oath just doesn't exist, I suppose, in how many ever years from now, <laughs> he's supposed to just save her life regardless. That's like his thing. Well, we'll talk about Richard's mental stability here in a few minutes. But, I mean, I was talking about the moral gray area of telling the injured person who you are about to perform a life-possibly-ending surgery whether or not Earth is still around. That's mm. that's the moral dilemma I was Oh, I don't of. think it's really... I guess I, maybe, maybe I'm just taking a side in that dilemma so hard that I don't see it as an argument. Mm. Because it doesn't matter if she doesn't live. Well, I think what they're trying to determine is, like, or what they're trying to decide is if they tell her what's happened to planet Earth, she might start freaking out. Fair um, enough. Which which could cause complications because they can't get her into surgery because she's freaking out. It doesn't matter anyways because she dies on the table. Yeah, all of it was so, all of it was for naught. Yeah, it was a completely pointless scene. She should have just died in the accident. Oh, it gave her another few lines. She had to meet her rate <laughs> for the for the sag. Yes. We flash forward again. We got old John again. Now he's in a spacesuit. Or he's got a spacesuit and he's kind of like touching it. And he's just still scanning, scanning away, doing some calibrations, I guess. And then he's walking around with a wrench. And I think for the lack of a better term, like he's getting haunted by voices and shadows. Which they've already established at this point will probably start happening. Yeah. We flash back to the present. <laughs> We're the 2190 or whatever. They're in a meeting. Jackie is in full denial. We got to go back. John's like, can our escape pod reach Europa? Richard's... And he's in full-blown nihilism right now. He has embraced the fact that nothing matters. And then Jackie just kind of, like, if nothing gets resolved in this meeting, which... It's the theme, <sighs> once again. Our next scene, yeah, our next scene really, really puts the nail in the coffin on the fact that John is a terrible captain. They just had a meeting where one of the three crew members is pleading, imploring, and, you know, desperately trying to get back to Earth to get to their their child, their daughter. And he puts in no safeguards, no regulations, anything to prevent someone from using the escape pod. And guess what happens in the very next scene? Guess. Does someone maybe try to use the escape pod? Yeah. What a surprise. A, oh. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, how could anyone do anything in that movie without the captain telling them to do it? <laughs> well, I don't see how I don't see how he would have thought to put safeguards in place. Once again, just more in action, just more. I guess the movie's trying to play up the drama between the characters. At this point, it would have been better if he if the captain had died and it was everyone else trying to figure out what to do. Because then you could say, oh yeah, there's no leadership. We're trying. Everyone's there's so much infighting and blah blah blah. But instead, they they killed off the most junior member of the crew, and then the captain just kind of rolled with it. I mean, but what's his captaincy worth? You know, like I'm trying to say that the, he, you can only have a captain if you have a command structure above that captain. And since there is uh, none, I mean, assumedly he's right powerless. No, not necessarily that he's powerless, but what's his captaincy worth? I, I I wasn't in the military, but you had a command structure. It's drilled into your head that there is a chain of command. Now we don't know if this is a military operation. I'm assuming it's not because he is. He's the only one that has any sort of rank. At no point yeah. does he ever like say anything it's like less less rank and more title. Yeah, he doesn't say anything like I'm the captain lieutenant. Yeah, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, to the to the engineer that he's um, clearly sleeping with. Yeah, yeah. But what? But again, what is that captaincy worth when you no longer have a planet? Yeah. Right. Exactly. Like I just. Well, his again, his captaincy he, wasn't worth much to begin with. <laughs> but again, if he was the captain. And he is in charge of the mission, like he's in command. How hard would it have been to like after the beating is over, he just kinda like 
waits for everyone to leave. And then he goes up to the computer and types in like a lockout code. So no one can operate anything without his express permission or authority. Again, not a very good captain. Well, uh, I mean, <laughs> just, okay. No, yeah. I 100% agree. And anything more I, I have to say about it would be just us lamenting the same thing over <laughs> and over again. So we go to the airlock where Jackie is trying to escape. We get a nice little cut to see that there's a crack in the escape pod glass, mm. which I think we get like a small mention a few minutes earlier. Small view. I don't think the crew knows that that crack is there. Right. On right. a sophisticated uh, space station, there are no warning lights, signs, sirens, messages of any kind when a part of the ship is depressurized. Also, that uh, that small crack, they show air loose, uh, seeping out of it. It's not immediately clear that that crack or that hole is in a, an escape pod. But they show that, and then we get our 62-hour jump. And then we have how much ever time this is. Mm. Um, there was a lot of air in that escape pod. A lot. Right. Yeah, so they're losing atmospheric pressure. And then he confronts her. And then while he's standing in the airlock with her, she just opens it. <laughs> Which, again, she doesn't know that there's a crack in the escape pod glass. But when she opens it, all that pressure rushes in shatters the glass it disconnects from the station she gets flown out like she barely manages to tie her safety line in time he pulls her in i actually this is when i talked about earlier about how there's parts of this movie that i like this is a part that i really like i enjoyed probably the scene and the filmmaking because this is obviously a low budget film it had less than 10 actors probably a single set maybe but they managed to do something fairly dramatic with very little special effects. I mean, the most unbelievable part of it is her, like, hanging out in space. But there's no sound, because there wouldn't be any sound in the vacuum of space. Wait, what? A I don't sound know. in space? I'm guessing. TIE fighters don't make the, that noise. They don't go, when they're flying through the space. I thought you'd seen every episode of TNG, and I'm fairly certain <laughs> they established their sound in space. But we can look that up later. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. No, it was a decent little action scene, especially since nothing had really been happening for most of the movie. Even the, the big the earth exploding and yada, 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 there there wasn't a lot of action. Just, it was a lot of people standing around asking what was going on. So this was the first bit of action. Yeah. Yeah. It took too long to get there. The premise that led to the action was weak, but it itself, I would agree, was, was, was well shot and it was, it was pretty good. I, I enjoyed it. The momentary thrill, and then, it, you know, then the movie kept going. Well, it should have ended right there. Um, So then you just have, (laughs) you just have the doctor. You have good old Angus just. (laughs) Yeah, Robert the Bruce. Hanging out in space. (laughs) Just Just the (laughs) ultimate nihilist is now alone. Oh man, it's perfect. (laughs) Nothing matters. So we get a, we get a bump. Mm -hmm. Three months pass. Oh, by the way, we should mention that John manages to rescue Jackie. Unfortunately. Yeah. So life support apparently is failing now. We get an interesting shot of like the ship's computer, the station's computer has all four of their life signs. And Lisa being dead, very sad. R.I.P. And then he rolls up on the doctor, kind of just talking to himself, as one does. Now I talk to myself mm. all the time, and I'm not crazy. I just, you know, sometimes you have to establish your sentience. Sent- sentience. Uh, you have to establish your s- sentience by uh, knowing that you can communicate. But this dude is having a mental breakdown. And John's like, well, I gotta go find Jackie because it's been three months and the ship's breaking down or whatever. And uh, she is all up on the drugs. Yes. yes. You know? C- cigarettes and... Tell me about this scene. I, I really wish you hadn't asked. <laughs> <laughs> so, she's, if I recall, she's in their shared bunk room quarters. And she has been shooting up there are, there are the remnants of however long she's been doing it laying around she is still smoking a cigarette so she's burning through they had unlimited auction before now they don't she's still smoking no one gives a shit no one cares and she what is she what is she taking and how do they have so much of it like what is making is I mean, it just morphine i'm assuming yeah, I mean, that would be the only thing that would make sense i mean she would be able to get it because right. richard doesn't give a shit yeah. Like, so he's just like, yeah, I mean, I guess raid the medical man, supplies. That's a lot yeah, of morphine. They had. <laughs> it is three months. Well, I mean, so just to have like on the ship. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't I've know. I've never injected no, anything yeah, in my veins, um, No, so I mean, I just. just... <laughs> but he talks to her. I feel the snake bite in my <laughs> veins. Sorry. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Captain Epps. 
doesn't even acknowledge that she is high and clearly addicted to painkillers. No acknowledgement at all. He just, like, tries to spur her into action. Apparently, it takes three months for him to, like, process all of his options and then make a decision, which is in line with him not <laughs> doing anything with the skate pod in the previous scene. Yeah, he's, he is he's a terrible captain. <laughs> um, I don't know. He's a, to- don't he's know a horrible leader in general. He's not doing anything. He's It's very reactionary. And even then, it's slow to react. I'm sorry. I, I was beside myself when, <laughs> no, when right. that scene came in. I just I didn't understand how. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, just how how they would get that far, and how they're waiting three months and they're like, "Hey, we need to fix the ship." Like, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> hey, by the way, uh... we uh, we we're at fifty five percent life support. Maybe we should do something about it. I mean, I get Richard so, is he's having a mental breakdown and whatnot, but they don't like up to this point. I mean, he's the captain, the person pretending to be the captain is he's had his night terrors and whatnot, and they've established that he'll eventually probably suffer from hallucinations and whatnot, especially if there's isolation involved. They've established that. That's, he's not there yet. Like he has no other signs of mental anguish. He just doesn't do anything. Which maybe the end that in and of itself is a sign. It's just not a very obvious one. It's more frustrating. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely an indictment of uh, uh, yeah the script and a little bit of the more than anything like this and a little bit Omar of the X direction fault, with but... him staring at things. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. Richard is fully shifted. He has embraced his nihilism. He's in idgaf mode. So Jackie and John have a little meeting, and he pretty much she like in her drug induced haze explains what they could do uh and then this at this point is when he tells her that she needs to shape up <laughs> like, yeah i know you had your three-month bender but i kind of need you to get your shit together so we can get out of here like <laughs> what <laughs> oh man um and then we the the sheen the sheen the scene shifts immediately i mean i don't know anything about filmmaking but i, I don't know this the pacing of this movie feels very weird Richard and Jackie are playing Go Fish, and then he just goes off on this crazy rant. <laughs> and then the the, she, the scene shifts again, and then Jackie's like, you really need to, like, fix him. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. What? <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know. I liked that they played Go Fish. I know that sounds very odd, but most other sci-fi things would have them playing some form of poker or... Uh, a made-up game, but they were like, no, this is a very simple game. It doesn't take very much mental... Um, you don't have to pay attention. Like, it's the perfect kind of just casual card game for what they're doing. I thought that was a... I thought it was a good choice. Yeah. Why weren't they... Why weren't they playing Pazak? Uh, Do you know who Pazak uh, is? Please tell me Carry on. Is. Carry on. <laughs> uh, triple, triple Triad? Yes, no? I'm, I'm aware. Uh, I'm aware. We're moving um. on. We're moving on. <laughs> uh, John confronts Richard about his behavior and he fully admits that he is full-on hallucinating he is no longer suitable to be a doctor um, of any kind unless it's a doctor of happy go fun times we also don't know like has he been doing any drugs well, besides nicotine like, copious amounts well i'm just saying like jackie had to get the drugs from somewhere so we've who's already, to say that we've already established that there are one no day. security measures on this space station well I guess what I'm saying is like, what if Jackie rolls up mm. on him and he's like shooting up and she's like, what are you doing? He's like, hey man, you want to like get he's high? The, he's the supplier, uh, do you think? He, yeah. He, in his nihilism, he's like, yeah, oh, here you man. go. This is what you need. Yeah, nothing matters. So Richard appears in another scene and he's in his spacesuit. He goes outside. Still still no security. Um, everyone, I'm going again. outside. We've already had an incident. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, John, terrible captain. He had like he's outside and he's going on this crazy monologue about how nothing matters, everyone's gonna die anyways, and then he notices that he is in the vast emptiness of space and has what I believe Samuel L. Jackson once said alcoholics refer to as an epiphany or a moment of clarity, uh, and then is like, No, 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 let me back in. Which uh, they are scrambling to do the whole time. They have some giant uh they have big arm, right? articulate arm like we've seen on other things bob i think is what they trying to reach it. out for him you know and he's six inches away he doesn't make it yeah it's essentially what we, <laughs> it just doesn't it doesn't work out for old rich so now we're back in the future not yeah back um, in the future 
No, no copyright infringement intended. Well, <laughs> John is on John in the future. Future John finds the uh, like another part of Pangea. It's like object located station one or station. I don't remember. It's not important which one he finds. And then we shoot back to the past. We go back to the past, which is the future. Anyways, John and Jackie are talking about suicide. They get red pills. So, so there are also um, suicide pills on this space station. I mean, I, <laughs> eh. <laughs> uh, yeah, what operation is these yahoos running? Jackie starts freaking out because she sees a shuttle like floating in space, which I love the model for this shuttle. It, it looked like it was made out of Legos. Uh, so. I, I had the same impression. I'm glad you. I'm glad you said that. Very much looks like it was made out of Legos. Can I? Can I ask? how they were able to scan and see the detail of the broken pieces of earth, but this shuttle and the emptiness of space snuck up on them. Like by the time they see it, like they physically see it they're It's like right there. Like there are no warning signs right. in the space station. Like, Hey, there's something coming. We're going to collide. Like that, that would be like a basic function. And the thing is, is like a lot of these, these little tiny plot holes, even the one about Mars at the very, from the very beginning, not, not being where we were, which is just bad planning, plot, and science, not necessarily a plot hole. Uh, there's just, just one or two throwaway lines, you know? Maybe they've been, maybe the the collision sensors had been damaged in the initial thing, and they hadn't been able to get them back up and running on that side or something like that. And they've actually also been, they, at any point, they could have been hit and pulverized. Just something. Give me two seconds to make it slightly more believable. Yeah, something like, yeah. Um, only the long-range scanners are working. Yeah. We won't be able to detect anything if it's this like, size it or yeah something. How yeah anything anything. It, give me give me something. <laughs> Even if it made this movie yeah. ninety four minutes instead of ninety one, I would that I would have been happy. I would have been happier with my time. Oh no, I mean they could have made it eighty. <laughs> <laughs> could have made it eighty. Don't don't give this movie more time than it needs. John goes on board. He finds what appears to be some survivors. He's not sure if they're alive or dead. And then he gets rolled up on by a, a per, like a person walking around. Uh, at, at this point, like we are still, we still have no idea what is going on. We don't know exactly what's going on with Earth. But in the future, like Richard's talk, he's talked about hallucinations, and we see that John's getting haunted. So at this point, anything could happen. These could be ghosts. Like these could be zombies. As it turns out, they're not zombies. Something far less interesting. More survivors. I guess they're French. They're I assume French, that they're French. Yeah. Would you would, yeah. you would rather have them been zombies? That's how far off this movie was. No, 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 no. And I'm you were just like, saying more people. I, I, that's not I, interesting. I expected like I didn't know what to expect. Like that's all I'm sure. saying. And then as it turns out, it's just more humans. I was like, eh, okay, cool. Um, the captain describes to John what happened, and just John alone. Well, all, she says she describes an event. It was her, her two crew members, and another two Americans that were on the ISS, the International Space Station, and that the two Americans died for whatever reason. And so they're like, well, you know, now that we're here, we can repair the shuttle and we can go to Europa. And then they're like, cool. They celebrate. Yeah, they have a nice little party. Uh, But we get a cut to, before that happens, we get a cut to John and he sets sail for Station 2. And then he's hallucinating again. And then the shuttle crew awakes. They start having a party. Actually, like a moment of levity. Everyone seems to be having fun. And then after the party is winding down, this is where John and Captain Diane, essentially, she describes to him what happens. We don't see it or hear it, but it, it happens off camera. Jackie has returned to her room where she gets the bad news from the computer about their life support and ration situation. She thought that they would have plenty of time, but now that since they've gone to two people to five people, their oxygen supply and rations are, dwin- are going to dwindle quicker than expected, and now they only have 28 days. So before Jackie we... starts getting... The, I'm sorry. Can we talk about that for a moment? Let's, let's talk about how they had five-plus years of life support for two people. Excuse me, three. They had three years for the two of them. That goes down to a month when there's five. Is there some math or science there oh, that... that I'm not really understanding? I assume most humans have an average oxygen consumption, usage, whatever. So you double the number of people. Yeah, it comes down to like a year and a half, something like that. Maybe a little, maybe one year, because there's that other person in there. They've already established that Pangea is only three months away. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. The, the three months from Earth or what have you. And it's the halfway point, so I assume that they're trying to establish this three months to Europa. So there's that, which I don't feel is accurate, or maybe there's something going on there. But then you also, 
how did they not know their food situation? How incompetent. Like, yeah, we're, yeah we have plenty of <laughs> food. Oh, man, we have to eat one meal a day for the next 28 days and then die of starvation. What? Yeah. That was such a huge... Yeah, again, the script fails a lot of different levels. Jesus. Maybe that's why this was a Netflix exclusive release. Oh, I shouldn't shit on Netflix. They make a lot of good stuff. <laughs> you do what you feel is best. <laughs> so, uh, Jackie's walking around the shuttle. She's being real suspicious. She confronts John. She's like, yo, we need to cut these guys loose. Let's steal their shuttle. You know, we, we blow the station apart. We repair the shuttle. And then we make it to Europa. Uh, and John's like, no, we can't do that. He calls Diane in. And then she explains. She's trying to. She's still trying to, to get back to Earth to, at this point. Jackie. Is she not? She is now. You're right. I'm sorry. Let me correct myself. Yeah. So she, she says we should go back to Earth now that we have a shuttle. She didn't have hope. But now she has hope. John calls Diane in and she tells Jackie essentially what happened. She says that there's a lot like essentially on the comms she hears them say, what have we done? Do not return. Go to Europa. So yeah, like while the earth is violently exploding. So like what happened with the line? What have we done? Like, what does that mean? Mm. Like, Like, man, they added a bit of mystery that's not worth really delving into. And we also talk about (laughs) the earth is exploding. It's literally in pieces. And then they get that transmission. They're in the ISS. They're, like, right there. Besides the fact that the Earth explodes, the ISS is done. It's gone. Sure. Well, I mean, the, the shockwave hit Europa. Or not Europa. Excuse me. Pangea, if you recall. The beginning of the movie. Yeah. The ISS is done. It's gone. We'll ignore that. They somehow survived. Whatever. People get lucky. But they somehow are able to... Earth is able to send radio transmissions when it is already in pieces burning. I don't know. Have uh, you ever played uh, World of Warcraft? <laughs> Do you know the expansion, the Burning Crusade? planet called yeah. outland no actually floating floating in space anyways uh <laughs> so yeah then diane and the other french crew members essentially find out from the, st- the station computer what the life expectancy is only 28 days essentially this now becomes a point of tension one of these guys uh vincent he is full-blown crazy uh, it is revealed that he is the reason why the uh, american crew members on the iss died and he he kills Diane, puts her in a, a cobra clutch, and just kills her on the spot. Sad. More tears. So, yeah, I guess I guess the French don't care much about captaincy as much as the Americans do. So, damn French. Anyways, we'll edit that out in post. No one needs to hear me say that. The French crew confronts both John and Jackie, and then they find Diane's body. And at this point, all hell's broken loose. John gets stabbed by a. Okay, so. Question: Why the hell is this knife on this space station? Was it not like a kitchen knife of some sort? Why would they need a kitchen knife? <laughs> Prepare food, or they were eat with. I'm, was it not like a steak knife? I'm just of saying. Some sort? I, I I don't know. It, it it looked like some sort of slicing knife. I don't, I don't know enough about kitchen knives to know, but uh, Vinnie Mac. I'm just gonna call him Vinnie Mac. Uh, stabs John in the in the gut. Jackie almost dies. Because uh, one of the Frenchmen strangles her, uh, and at the moment where she is about to die, he kind of just stops. And then she pulls a pipe off the ground and just straight up oh, yeah. murks this dude yeah, down. Yeah, he deserved it. Like, she, she, goes, like, she follows I don't through know about you. hard. Yeah, I watch most movies with subtitles on because my wife apparently is deaf. So it, there's a subtitle that just says, Bones Crack. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Stop. well, this, <laughs> this dude's dead. Uh <laughs> Hitting him in the head. So John finds Vincent. He's in the control room. He's going to implement the whole station breaking apart. Jackie gets on calm. What the hell's going on? They have a nice little scene where they kind of hash it out. And then Vincent backs down. And then he doesn't back down. And then attacks John again. And then there's an explosion. Man, you describing this is so much more exciting than when I watched it. <laughs> Good. Uh, I have in here in my notes that nothing goes according to plan. I think... I think if you were to rewrite the blurb for this movie, it'd be like 3022. Nothing goes according to plan. <laughs> the space station separates. The explosion is fantastic. Yes. Special effects overall are solid. Yeah, it, I mean, for oh, the yeah. budget, I, like I said, because I don't know how much this movie was made for. Uh, it doesn't say on the Wikipedia page how much the money was made for. I don't have a budget. For what special effects that they used, I felt like they were pretty yeah. good. John runs up to the airlock and he sees the other space station kind of floating away. And then Vincent appears and then he just straight up throws him out the airlock, which I thought was a fantastic scene because yes. he's all, he's got like shrapnel in his eye and he's 
injured. He's trying to figure out what's going on. And he's like, bye. I'll see you later. Uh, the comms come back on. Jackie's on the other station. They communicate for a little bit. He's like, "My the shuttle's damaged. I can't come get you. And then the comms go out. And then years pass. And this is where we are now in future John. Who is um, now? Knows he has spent... Future John and present John are now the same person. Yeah. we Our timelines have finally converged. He has apparently spent... I think it turns out because they... What is it? So it was 2091 when they start... Mm-hmm. Right? Did I read yeah. that right? Well, 21... 2190. Yeah. This is a 10-year uh, thing. Now now he's on, yeah. he's and I on guess, day 3022. As, which, using my quick as captain, here. is not even the full 10 years that they were supposed to be on the ship. Yeah. Eight years, 8.27 years, essentially. So Eight years and like three and a half months, yeah. Something like that. Yeah, he aged pretty quick. I guess all yeah. that stress. Well, I don't know you, what he's stressed you, about. You say he ages. He aged. They gave him gray hair, which he spends the rest of the movie <laughs> with no hair. So it's not. It was a horrible way of showing shave. him aging. Yeah. He essentially just stopped. I mean, shaving. IRL Omar. He's only forty-six. Yeah. I mean, I can't say much. I <laughs> can't say anything about people having gray hair. He's spent this entire time repairing the shuttle. And scanning for the other space station. So I guess he was just waiting for yeah. the station to, to orbit. The half of the other space station. Because there was the two pieces. It's the other half of right. Pangea. Writer of this movie was trying to make some weird analog to the fact that Pangea was, you know, a supercontinent that got broken up. Mm. And, you know, humanity or all the animals spread. I don't know. Maybe there's some sort of symbolism there. It didn't come across. That's all I'm saying. He like has prepared to find essentially the other station. He finds it. He cleans up. He's like, I'm gonna go find. Yeah, he's um, he's gonna he's hoping we... to see Jackie. So he's like, I guess I'll shave. Yeah, <laughs> he's the captain. He's gotta look, man. He's gotta part, look good. Yeah. He records his final log, and that's where we get the title of the movie, Thirty Twenty Two, which I had forgotten at this point. At this point, <laughs> he says that. And I said, Wait a yeah. minute, isn't that? Wait a second. It, that is the name of the movie. All right. <laughs> he boards the shuttle. He flies over and then gets out. I don't. <laughs> I don't understand. Whatever. But before he actually leaves, he has like one final hallucination where all the other uh, the crew members who he believes are dead, ones that he cares about. He doesn't care about the French people because they don't show up. They confront him, and you know he essentially beats them back. Like he overcomes his hallucination. Now I don't know anything about hallucination, but I think once you start having them, it's pretty difficult for them to stop without any sort of medication. Yeah. So he uh, he's a poster child for leaves. just. Just chin up. It'll be okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Get Thanks. a job. Uh, I'm, I'm cured. <laughs> uh, he finds the second station. There's no lights on. He boards the station. There's still no lights on. In his final message to Jackie, he tells her, go into the pantry and turn the light on and I'll find. He finds a room with a light on. And he finds Jackie and a plant. At, uh, uh, yeah, we totally didn't even mention the plant. Like four times in this movie, there's a shot of a plant and nothing is ever spoken about it. It just exists. Yeah, like most plants, really. She looks at him, he looks at her, and they both share some tears and then the movie ends. Yes. Um, there is still no... one of the just... One of the worst. Is it trying to be a love story at this point? Um, I don't think so. I think because there's no secret ending. Like there's no after the credits, during the credits, anything. It just the movie. Good for just you ends. for watching through that. Oh, I just kind of skipped through it. I think what this movie tries to do is tell a story that doesn't have a point. Like if that makes any sense. Well, there's a lots of there's lots of dramas or love stories or what have you that have a disaster happen in the middle or as a catalyst or what have you i mean obviously i mean the biggest one would be what like the the titanic right sure and so i feel like this movie was trying to be a character drama with a sci-fi setting with and then also a disaster happens they all have to to figure out but i have also already said that maybe they were trying to be a lost in space clone i don't think they know like i think you could take the four different plot lines in this movie and make four different movies and you would never know that they were supposed to be related does that make sense sure. yeah this movie it had vibes mm-hmm. what's that damn movie hold on a second jennifer lawrence chris Pratt. passengers yeah 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 that's one of the worst movies i've ever seen i just want to say that out it. loud can, we, we can talk I'll, about that later shut shut <laughs> up i just want to get that on wax whoever decided to make passengers you're an idiot um so i i got some vibes from sure that. sure I could see that. But I don't necessarily think that this is like, I don't think 
they're trying to tell a love story. No, because they're not romantic they're in any to... way. So, yeah. but it ends. I mean, they... But I'm just saying because it ends with them finding each other and being happy about it, and it's it's unclear if it's because of the, it's the two of them or it's because they're seeing another person for the first time in years. Yeah, not, I mean, it's, I just wasn't sure what. What to I get got, from. I got that this was a movie about survival, which is another reason why I think they probably didn't want to do it on Mars because they didn't want to fly too close to Mars. That's mm. what I'm saying. The Martian. Should have just had Mars explode too. That would have been perfect. Exactly. With Matt Damon on it. For lots of reasons. <laughs> I I just think this this movie tries to tell a story about survival in the the relationships and how humans interact in a survival scenario. Because you have this in all sorts of post-apocalyptic movies. The Walking Dead is a perfect example. There's this massive zombie infestation outbreak, and instead of humanity coming together to combat the problem, they splinter in all these different groups where people Mm -hmm. take advantage of each other and murder, kill, steal, whatever, right? I think that's what this movie tried to do, is it tried to tell a story about surviving in a survival event, and it just didn't do a very good job. (laughs) like it spectacularly failed and i kind of feel like there wasn't any point to it yeah like it ended and it was like okay yeah like great they found each other what happens next why couldn't like like i just i don't i just don't feel like there was any sort of resolution like i felt this movie left me empty well you can't have resolution without conflicts and and i disagree i I get what you're saying it could have been trying to do and i've i've tried to come up with a few things that it was trying to do but then it didn't do anything there was no right. real conflict, so there is no resolution. There is no end to the story because there was no real beginning to the story. Or if there was, with the montages at the beginning, they quickly moved away from it. I actually have a theory. Are yeah. you ready for this theory? Uh, uh, do I have a choice? Yes. Uh, and by yes, I mean no. He actually does not find Jackie. Mm. He actually never leaves the station because the shuttle doesn't work and he's hallucinating like mm. he shaves and he gets ready he's confronted by those hallucinations and he doesn't actually break free from them mm. he just he just goes psychotic and he never actually leaves so that's my a, theory. that's a horrible theory i'm just saying like well, this is a horrible movie so what are you gonna sue me over that <laughs> uh well it, it just that it, it doesn't fit the rest of the movie but at the same time lots of the movie doesn't fit the rest of the movie so <laughs> You're right. Yeah. It definitely could be. Definitely could yeah. be. So overall, I mean, we just broke down the plot. Uh, what, whatever we broke down what you would call the plot in the movie. I think we've beat to death that the captain is a horrible captain. Absolutely bad. Character doesn't have any sort of leadership capability. Doesn't seem to be able to make decisions. Doesn't doesn't let precedent with disaster uh, inform him in any way. And he also gets a surprising lack of like we we see Jackie hanging out being depressed and where we see the uh the doctor um i've already forgotten his name uh richard excuse me yeah. uh we see him going through his crap and i think is we don't ever see the captain beyond when he's trying to interact with those other characters except for some well, of the, think... the flash forwards or what have you and we're supposed to like see the movie through his point of view but his point of view is just it's just so reactionary there's nothing like you there's nothing to connect to because he's 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 an empty yeah. shell of a person and not in a interesting way. I guess his suffering all takes place like in the future, like the flash forwards. Yeah. Where he's just where he's dealing with his guilt. That's his punishment is being stuck on a space station for three and a half years alone due to his failures. But they don't address that because it doesn't say anything. Like no. The, there's the no flash scene. forwards, there's nothing until he says that last log where he drops the name of the movie. How hard would it have been to replace a scene of trying to fix the shuttle and instead of him him sitting down, staring at a picture of the crew, crying and apologizing? Why couldn't we have one of those scenes? Like, this is this guy's punishment. This is his torment. Yeah. This is his failures as a captain, but we don't get that. All we get is him Pushing forward. Yeah. So yeah. He's, he's the stoic, proud captain that spectacularly failed at his job. So for some yeah. reason he gets that. Well, they establish that every character, every me, yeah, every character, every crew member on that station, none of them were qualified for what they were doing. Maybe iCarly was qualified. She wasn't around yeah. long enough to prove that she was incompetent. Unless she was playing um, soccer, like mm-hmm. in the hallway. <laughs> I don't even know what her job was. 
She like, was the she was the tech person. She did like no. the computers and stuff. No, what's her face was the engineer. Right. Yeah, mechanical engineering and computer engineering are two different things. It it literally says young astronaut Lisa Brown. Like it doesn't say what she does. Oh, the uh, Jackie mentions it. She goes, "Well, he goes, can we do anything about?" He asks her. John asks her if we can do anything about the computers, and Jackie says, "Well, that was her job." Oh, I guess I didn't catch that part. Oh, okay. Yeah. Bang which establishes, which is, which is the the only thing that establishes that stuff is wrong that they can't figure out but they mm. but they never harp on it again we're just supposed to assume yeah yeah fair enough yeah and she just a horrible character just un- unrelatable decides to become a drug addict <laughs> and maybe she was prescribed it you're right maybe there was an enabler there going on but she we've already we've established that she left her life on earth to spend 10 years out in space with her boyfriend leaving her young daughter which i know lots of parents do that all the time for work but 10 years is a a long time to be like i'll see you when you're a teenager you know (laughs) like and i get and then and she's immediately filled with regret and wants to get back there once the when she realizes that oh i might not be able to see her again but they never really talk about it being regret it's just i gotta get to my daughter which is a there's just such a uncomplicated motivation in a movie that that lacks it's just out of place yeah if we're going to no, talk about we're going to talk about mental illness then let's talk about what led her to leave her kid behind to begin with because <laughs> it obviously wasn't just the thought of being in space it's 10 years it's a long time there's got to be some other maybe she doesn't have custody or there's got to be other things well going on. i mean it there's could also so be much. i mean we're going to bring it up again we're talking about the movie yeah. the martian no, so keep doing it. Um, the pilot, I don't know the guy's name, but, uh, and I apologize for not knowing what his name is. Michael Pena. He's the pilot in the movie The Martian, and they they spend years in space, right? right? And so he gets back to Earth after they successfully rescue Matt Damon. And then in the end sequence of everyone like moving on with their life, he is back in the space. He is back in the space shuttle taking off again. Maybe she loves her job so much that she wanted to be something. Uh, I mean, there could be all sorts of motivation. Like she wants, to be great, she wants to be part of something greater than herself, mm-hmm. but they never expand sure. on that. That's the point is we yeah. just came up with like five different motivation pieces for her character motivation, but they didn't do any of those or something yeah. we couldn't think of off the top of our head. Like we're trying, like, I feel like I'm trying to rationalize and fix the movie when it's just <laughs> not worth rationalizing or fixing. That's fair. The, the most interesting character in the movie is the French captain. Diane, yeah. Yeah, she actually throws some captaincy things out. <laughs> she does some stuff. Yeah. She gets uh She gets killed. to watch the earth explode, you know. Yeah, that's and, cool. And she, yeah, that's unique. And then she dies trying to be a captain, yeah. Yeah, she goes down she goes down with the uh the position. It's she's the best character in in the movie. Yeah. There's seven characters. Uh, and she pulls it off. Uh, overall, I think do not recommend. Yeah, do not watch this movie. There are plenty of other B movie, sci-fi movies that deserve to be watched. This is not one of them. Yeah, and and if you are gonna watch this movie, I mean, watch it for the sole purpose of making fun of it. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not gonna say that this is on the same level as The Room, which is I don't no. know if you've ever seen The Room, but a, no, a movie that people love to hate watch or love to watch because no, it's this such isn't a beautiful this. disaster. This, is just, this movie's just so. At the end, it's just boring. Yeah. There, it's, it, it's not even bad enough to be entertaining. It's it's just boring. I guess Richard was right in that nothing matters. Yeah, uh, at the end, at the end of the day, <laughs> the doctor who commits suicide by shoving himself off into space ended up being yeah. the the right one. Perfect. Well, all right. Well, that was thirty twenty two or three zero two two or three thousand twenty two. However, we're gonna call this movie. Any closing thoughts? Anything you want to add? I think I've said enough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no 3022 is the like the problem with 3022 and the reason i think i hate it so much is that the actors try the sets make are good the special effects are are good all for the budget it's not triple a but like it's all solid but it just doesn't accomplish anything um it reminds mm. me a lot of my own failures in life and i think that's why i hate it so much <laughs> okay <laughs> Right. I, don't, I think I started by saying this was bad, and I, I don't. I think ending that way, this was pretty bad. I think that's good. All right. Well, I'm Chris. Thanks for listening. If you somehow managed to make it through this podcast, uh, feel free to like and subscribe 
on Ugh. I don't know iTunes I don't know give me the likes give me five stars five even stars. if you don't like it just give me five stars I need that money especially especially give him five stars if it's a ten star system just five stars <laughs> perfect look man I need I need independent income and this is the way we do it this is how you uh, do it <laughs> this has been this is Anthony uh, the co-host uh, for the sci-fi wise guys and uh you know, it just only watch us if it shows up and recommended or something. Don't worry about following in any way. Now, be your own person. Don't do what he says. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, uh, this was 3022, the first episode of the B-Roll podcast. We want to just uh, say thanks for everyone listening out there. We appreciate it. I think that'll be it for me. I'm one of your hosts, Chris. And I'm Anthony. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Is that what you mean? Thank you. Yes, I have water. Thank you. Sorry about that. Um, well, you're unforgiven. <laughs> uh, I'm going to make a bunch of noise real quick. Hold on. My wife brought me a sandwich. That's so rude. There's two of us here. <laughs> oh, well, you can have half of it if you make it. Um... <laughs>